This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. Guru Jay, holy cow, back live for a big day and night. Let's go, Excelsior. Holy cow! Holy cow! I just like hearing myself say that. Uh, Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, I tell you, for however good, in my mind, the reason may be, and in this case it derived as generally is the case around this time of year, um, if you've been with me for a while, you know that I generally, because of the family, we... uh, we take off for about 10 days at this time, the school break time of year. We're, we're not doing that this year because of the uh, election. Uh, we're also doing it because the only place we could take off to is the backyard with a tent. But <clears throat> never mind that. Fact is, we're not, we're not going. I've just taken my spring break two days. And it was mostly owing to the fact that still having uh, young children, I guess they'd have to be young if they were children, right? Having children in school is like living a perpetual, not exactly perpetual, but at least for a limited time, a perpetual life of Petri dish roulette. No matter what you get or get over, or the rest of the family does, they just go back to school and they pick up new bugs. And then they start dating and do the same thing. But that's another story. Welcome back. I love you. I missed you. It's debate day. And even though we were last together, today's only Thursday, and we were together Monday, and it seems like a new world, doesn't it? It's debate night. The Blaze, After Dark, Skip, Doc, you, Ty, me, live, immediately following the end of this evening's debate. It plays, by the way, on CNN. It begins at 8.30 Eastern. We will be with you, uh, as I say, immediately upon its conclusion. And thereupon, will you be treated to the best analysis, the unique insight, the highest degree of skepticism allowed by statute, And as Doc says, wicked mockery, or as we say here in the Commonwealth, mockery, wicked mockery of uh, the debate and its participants and politics in general. It is civics circus maximus. 
Now, it is my, speaking of statutes, it is, oh, one, it's my statutory obligation to remind you of the number. Because unless you changed audiences on me in the last 48 hours, we are going to speak in the next seconds and moments of things to which you will wish to add, subtract, or maybe mock. I don't know. But the number remains one 3393 It being a debate night, our statutory question, mind you, ours to each other, stays the same. In, 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 a, in a world of hurt politically, in a, in a world of whiplash-like change, one question remains the same for tonight. What do each of the three, Trump, Cruz, Rubio, oh, four, sorry. <laughs> My math got a little rusty. He's 48 hours. What? It is four, right? What have the four candidates debating tonight, Trump, Cruz, Rubio, Kasich, what have they to do? What does each need to accomplish this evening? Is it something they need to state about themselves? Something they need to establish in your mind about themselves? Or equally useful in many occasions, as we've learned this year, if we didn't already know, or is it something that you need to attack the other fellow with. Based on the standards set so far, if tonight, when I was when I was in secondary school, we had a kid who lost a testicle from sliding the wrong way down a rope. We 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 had fairly assertive gymnastics as part of the curriculum. And uh, a rope climb, rope drill, and I think I think the rope was set at fifty feet. I'm not sure, but it's fairly aggressive. And and of course, any of us who have done it know that going up is no more difficult than coming down. And in fact, coming down may be a little riskier. Um, this kid, we'll call him. Uh, Oh, Terry. Okay. This kid, Terry, came down far too quickly with the friction points uh, emphasized in the wrong places. So I'm trying to sound like a participant in the Democrat debates rather than like, you know, in the Republican debates. So he came down too quickly with the points of bearing on the rope. Uh, too much emphasized on the wrong pressure points on his body. In other words, he did it wrong. And he paid for it. I'm not going to get into the gruesome details, such as I recall them, but Terry was uh, charitably nicked by his classmates as old one nut, 
thereupon and for the rest of his academic career. I wouldn't be surprised tonight if, given the standards and the regression, the devolution of the Republican side of the debate, if someone opened, if they had information like that, is there any doubt that they would, you know, that if Trump were in possession, if his oppo research team has come up with the fact that something similar had happened to one of his opponents, do you harbor any doubt that he would call him one nut on the stage tonight? I, I heard someone say today, uh, I can't remember, I think it was actually, I think it was the BBC coverage, like overnight. They, they had American mothers and fathers saying, they're not sure, remember our twerking dada? They had American mothers and fathers on tape saying, of all things, I'm not sure I can allow my adolescent children to watch a presidential debate on television. There needs to be a rating system. We need a rating system like graphic lyrics or like Tipper Gore needs to get involved here and slap a graphic lyrics label on the language in the Republican debate to be president of the United States. And to this, we can only say, right, Britt? Twerking, dada. Twerking. This is Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. How I missed you. We are reunited. It feels so good. I have another line, and it with matches. It rhymes, and it's funny, but it's kind of off color. So I'll save it for the Republican debate tonight. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Hey, I don't. I don't mind it. Uh, I, I. I. I love it. Circus, civic circus maximus. I love it. I live for it. But I sympathize, and I empathize with people who in one form or another, experienced what I did when I had on the GMAs or whatever they were, and Molly Cyrus came out and approximated serial sex with a number of men with a pair of rolled-up socks in their pocket in tight pants. And she was, you know, rubbing up against uh, things. She was just doing things that we generally reserve for pr- private moments uh, after several cocktails or 
uh, whatever. And, and, and I'd look around the room at my family and in, in horror, right? Well, I heard people this morning who have a standard too. It may not be the same as mine or yours, but I heard mothers and fathers saying, I had to, you know, my six-year-old son, this is one of the true stories from the report I heard. My six-year-old boy said to me, and, and, and the parents are so proud of him because he follows politics. Now, if you have kids like that, and, and I, I happen to, if they follow civics, show any interest in it, it makes you proud. And, or if they do, you know, any number of things that can make you proud, but they follow civics, makes, makes us proud. These parents are proud because their boy, their, 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 their six-year-old follows politics. But the father said, he came to me and, and he's smart enough, says the father, that he finally got wind of what's this thing about Trump having small hands? And you know what that means. You know, and then Rubio says, you can't trust him. Okay, but see, even even the six-year-old knew that that was a throwaway line. He knew that there was there was a, something going on here under the surface. And the father said, you know, when I explain things like that to my children, ought to be at a time and manner of my choosing. It's kind of like when they insist on stretching condoms over bananas in like the first or second or third grade as a matter of law in public schools. Now we can debate till the cows come home how appropriate is sex education and at, and really at what level. And I think that's the question. But if you think that condoms connected in any way with bananas are appropriate in you know, the first or second or third grade, you're out of your mind. <laughs> I mean, I'm out of my mind, but I'm not, even I'm not that crazy. All right, breaking news. It's debate day. We have a big show tonight for you, immediately following uh, tonight's debate, presidential Republican debate. Uh, breaking news, Ted Cruz has picked up, and I have very mixed feelings about this. Uh, you know, anyway, the news is, Senator Mike Lee, United States Senator Mike Lee, has just endorsed Ted Cruz. This is the first United States senator that has endorsed Ted Cruz. And and his opponents have made a big deal out of the absence of his fellow senators endorsing him. The reason is his fellow senators resent him, maybe even hate him, because he doesn't play ball. Because Ted Cruz is a first-term senator who went to Washington and did exactly what he promised his voters he would do. He would throw a monkey wrench into the works. He would try to slash taxes, cut bureaucracy, end Obamacare, but he actually did it. And guys like uh, Linda Graham and John McCain and Mitch McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell, Never, I have cold. It may have come out like bitch McConnell, but I mean, I mean, bitch, bitch McConnell. Uh, you know, they'll never forgive Ted Cruz for this, for actually being true to his word. Well, one of the other senators who has done this, and there are, um, I mean, if, if I, I'm looking at my right hand, 
It's a very big hand, by the way. Very big hand. And you know what that means. It means that you can trust me. Uh, according to Rubio. Uh, anyway, if I had had an industrial accident and did not have four fingers and a thumb, I would have no problem. I would still have digits left over if I were counting on that uh, industrial accident plagued hand the number of other U.S. senators like Ted Cruz in that they are truly conservative and serve the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights, and they went to do this, and they don't give a hang what any of the old boys club says about them because when the old boys club says, come on, go along to get along, you know, just do this for me, just do this $78 billion uh, Mitch McConnell bridge in in my state, and, uh, you know, you could serve on the Armed Services Committee, you know, next term. And, and Mike Lee says, go, you know, go take a flying hang at a rolling donut. So Senator Mike Lee has endorsed Ted Cruz. The reason I have mixed feelings about it is I have no mixed feelings about Mike Lee. I love the guy. And I hope he'll be in a Cruz administration. I hope that Senator Mike Lee will be vice president or uh, a justice on the United States Supreme Court or attorney general or a number of things I could think of, an important cabinet member. He's a great man, is Mike Lee. I like that he likes Ted Cruz. And I like that he doesn't like Ted Cruz because he likes the cut of his jib or the part in his hair or his necktie. He likes him because... He is likewise committed to the Constitution of the United States of America. Because Mike Lee, like you, like me, has fealty to no man. We are not loyal to any man we are or woman. We are loyal to the Constitution of the United States of America. And he or she who is in service of the Constitution will enjoy my loyalty so long as they are in service of the Constitution, and not a penny more, as they say. Now, my only mixed feelings derive from the fact that Mike Lee is going to be seen by some, you know, the, the, the headline you're going to get is, U.S. Senator endorses Cruz. Now, a lot of people don't know what you know. A lot of people don't follow this as closely as you follow this. A lot of people who Ted Cruz needs to vote for him, i.e., Trump voters or prospective Trump voters or hanging Trump voters, right? He needs to attract some of those voters to win, does Senator Cruz. And they don't, there's no, they don't get in, they're not sexually excited by, uh, or in any other way excited by the fact that an incumbent politician likes somebody else another incumbent politician that's that's something that ted cruz has been fighting for maybe the first time in american history the fact that you're in the united states senate is something you have to you have to hide you don't run on it you run from it that in that preposition uh, you lay all the difference in the world you don't run on your incumbency you run from your incumbency And when another senator endorses you, 
even though it's Mike Lee. Now, I look, I'd rather have it than not have it as a Cruz supporter. I'm just saying there is, you know, the 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 the, the world of political physics uh, differs not that substantially from the world of physics. And for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. There's nothing. Nothing's free. Nothing's without a reaction for every action. There is an opposite and equal reaction. First law of physics, also the first law of political physics. So there will, it'll cost Ted Cruz some votes to have Mike Lee endorse him. But I think it will get him twice as many. It's just a wicked, odd year. A very wicked, odd year. More ahead. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. And these are my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. Bill from St. Louis. Meet me in St. Louis. Hey, Jay. Can you hear me okay? Bill, I have that pleasure. Fantastic. First, uh, I heard this ugly rumor that you might have been president of a civics club at one point. Is there any truth to that? I'm proud for you to know. I just have no idea. Uh, I'm I'm proud for you to know. I just have no idea how that got around. Brittany, do you recall that I ever mentioned that I founded my uh, lower school civics club and newspaper when I was in the sixth grade? No, Jay, you never I didn't think so, I, but I'm so I'm glad I mentioned it now. So Bill, that's just I'm, an ugly, I'm glad you heard that rumor. That's just an ugly rumor, then, is what you're saying. Well, an ugly rumor is a guy, is a disfigured guy <laughs> who lets a room in your house and doesn't pay his bill. Gotcha. Get it? Gotcha. Ugly hey, rumor. So... Right. So I won't uh, I won't take up a lot of your time, but uh, uh, I've listened for about a year and I finally had a question that I thought was worth calling in about. Um, I wasn't alive at the time and seeing your photo on the Internet, you may not have been either. But is there any truth (laughs) to the fact? (laughs) That's one of the best ever. (laughs) (laughs) So is is there any truth to truth to the rumor that Gerald Ford? pardon Nixon for any crimes he may have committed and could the same and could the same be done by Obama for Hillary without her ever being indicted? Oh yeah. No, that, that has been discussed on, on this show going back. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Oh no, absolutely. Oh yeah. I I knew. And again, I knew that it really depends on what the final disposition of Obama's attitude is toward the Clintons. And though we, I think well, sure. we have a strong barometer of that in in that Hillary has not been indicted because that's our strongest barometer. This is all up to the entire Hillary investigation with DOJ. All of it is Obama. And he either says, you know, continuing red light or green light. And so if he prosecutes her, he still could pardon her because that's politics, but well, sure. it's less likely that if you know she gets indicted, he will pardon her. But you never know. But oh, could he? 
Oh, absolutely. Well, well wait a minute. I, I, I think I may have not been clear, but can he pardon her without her ever being indicted? No. Well, and, see, and that's what I was debating with a friend of mine the other night, and I couldn't find anything substantial one way or the other. He's old enough to have been around back then, and at, he's saying that Gerald Ford I see what you're Nixon, saying. G- Gerald Ford but, but seemed Nixon to was never prospectively. He, he seems yeah. to have prospectively pardoned Nixon rather than retroactively. Exactly. Well, could, could that happen? It's a great point. It's a great point. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, politically, my answer stands. Politically, no. But but legally, I'd have to refresh my recollection of the Nixon pardon by Ford. Uh, it, it, my first blush answer is is I'll stick with it for now. But I don't I, I don't think politically I don't have any doubts about it. But but legally. Uh, maybe. I, I, I mean, if a precedent yeah, has been saying, set... Go ahead. Yeah, he was saying that that Ford pardoned Nixon for any crimes he may or may not have committed. That's right. And That's Nixon right. was never charged. No, he never was. He he stepped down rather than be uh, impeached, right. you know, or indicted so, or whatever. So on January 9th, when the next president is getting ready to be sworn in on the 10th, could Obama release his pardon list and say, I pardon Hillary Clinton for That's any crime she may or may not have committed? It is a great question made all the greater by the fact that Guru Jay is stumped uh, on the matter. Oh. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 every fiber in my being says no, but your incredibly astute example of the Ford pardon of Nixon calls my instincts into question. So I, I, I must say, I must utter the words that it hurts me most in life to say, which is, oh, you're still here in the morning? No, uh, no, it, which is, uh, I, I don't know. Well, then I get a free T-shirt for that, right? <laughs> in fact, given the market value of my T-shirts, do you get Two free T-shirts for that. <laughs> well, good. I can use one as a shop rag. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where have you been hiding? Come on, you're, you're you're making the show here. We need to hear from you every day. Well, no, I, I I've spent uh, probably 25 minutes on hold, and in a, although I'm self-employed and I can make it up tonight, uh, I I just can't devote this much time on hold every day. <laughs> well, Bill, I, I, we're a meritocracy here. And I'll tell you this, you'll never again spend 25 minutes on hold because you, you make the show better. So you'll well, never hold again. You, you know, I'm, I'm really surprised, and, and this is going back to the Trump conversation, I'm really surprised the man can hold a comb to be able to do what he does with his hair with those short fingers. I still study that, too. I, I uh, <laughs> By the way, NPR, of all, of all sources to be citing, uh, National Public Radio did an excellent feature the other day. They brought together uh, 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 Vanity Fair editor Grayson Carter uh, and uh, oh, and the guy that from NPR he used to run New York Magazine. Forgive me, I can't remember his name. But they were they started Spy Magazine together, and it's it's funny because about ten days ago 
about 10 days before I heard this feature on, on NPR, I had mentioned that the, the origination of short-fingered vulgarian, the original <laughs> reference to Donald Trump's hands was in that phrase, short-fingered vulgarian. And Spy Magazine <laughs> tried out a number of things, like uh, outer borough... Uh, outer borough uh, junk real estate developer, and they tried a number of precedents to his name, antecedents to his name, and the one that stuck was short-fingered vulgarian. And they admitted to, to it, it being ad hominem and juvenile, and that's probably why they liked it so much and why it stuck. But it was Spy Magazine in New York in the 80s who just, I don't think could have existed even for the 10 years it did, uh, but for Donald Trump. He was It was like the you know, it was a vehicle of Trump mockery. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you know, and going back to the conversation about what do you tell kids uh, when they make a reference like that, whether they've got big feet or small hands, uh, you know, my favorite my favorite comeback is, does that mean they have small gloves or big shoes? You know, so, you, you know, there's ways to sidestep that with the, the younger generation and turn it into a joke, and as they get older, they'll eventually figure out the and it's not a big shoe or small glove reference. Bill, I thank you for the advice. I thank you greatly for the call. And believe me, you have earned a battlefield commission to captain, and you will never hold again. And you'll never love like this again, and neither will I. But you neither will you ever hold again. Thank you for the call. One triple eight nine. He's great, isn't he? One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. All right. So, what does each of the candidates uh, need to accomplish tonight? What's our pre-analysis? I'm getting a lot of excellent tweets as usual, but what do they need to do? I, I, let me permit me, if I may, to render my answer. The most important answer to that question is that these candidates recognize and deal with this most important fact. Last Tuesday wasn't Super Tuesday. The Tuesday before that wasn't Super Tuesday. Never mind the billing. Because what makes it super or not, it was totally important. But everything in the rearview mirror is a little less important or really a lot less important than what's in front of the windscreen, right? What's ahead of you is always a little bit more important as a driver when you're going 70 miles an hour than what's behind you. All kinds of hell and mayhem can erupt, and it's happened to me a few times, where like three cars behind me, there's been a fireball, and I only thank God that it was in the rearview mirror, not in front of me. Okay, in front of them, forget the the super tuesdays they were important but as it turns out not super super tuesday is this coming tuesday because the last super any day is probably this coming tuesday and that by definition makes this debate tonight the only one before the debate the republican debate By definition, tonight's debate is the most important ever held in the modern age. And I know I say that before every debate. And you know what? 
It's true before every debate. Before every debate enters the rearview mirror, it's the most important held so far, whether it's the most entertaining or at the end, the most fact-filled or the most uh, insane. We don't know. But it is the most important because of the calendar. Well, the calendar has come down to this. This Tuesday is the last chance saloon. This is it. This is the last chance saloon because this Tuesday is Super Tuesday. This Tuesday, this campaign takes a certain irreversible turn. I don't yet know in what direction, but it's going to take an irreversible turn. And, oh, by the way, don't worry. I think I do know. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, technology, as you may have noticed, has its drawbacks. When I was introduced quite uh, serendipitously to the dictation feature on my iPhone, I mean, it is so much easier. It so much better suits my temperament and my various peculiarities to be able to dictate a memo, a text, an email, rather than sit here and type it out. Because I can't type for beans. And so I end up spending three times the time I need correcting my, uh, you know, correcting it than I do writing it. But I don't know how many people I may have offended because I've just really started to notice in the last 10 days or so, I didn't really double check unless I noticed it along the way. I didn't double check what the dictation feature was doing when I would send messages to people. And I only send messages to people important to me in my life. So it doesn't matter. I'm not saying I only send texts to senators. I'm saying, but you know what? Those would be less important to me than the ones I send to my colleagues, you know, or my family. So I just hit on one a moment ago. I was just telling B, I, I hit on one that was to a dear colleague and not, not that's not how it was addressed. It just, it was to a, a, a dear colleague of mine. And I sent a text and the, the, the dictaphone feature, and there's, there's no hint of giving this away because it bears no resemblance in any way to the person for whom it was intended. The salutation came out, dear ass. Colon, no, no uh, yeah, connection there. But dear ass, dear ass. Now, apparently, not having heard back from this dear colleague, uh, they assumed that I use they with grammatic imprecision in order not to reveal the gender of the recipient. They must have understood that it came from a crazy person. Uh, and a crazy person using the, 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 you know, the dictation feature. But as I started to look through some of my other 
I check now, and I don't know if it's me. I think I articulate, but evidently I don't. Because I look, I look through some of these texts, and the dictaphone feature, I'm just offering you a warning here. The dictaphone feature is extremely handy, and it suits me perfectly, except I've learned that it will often make up, it will conjure whatever sounds it wants into whatever words or gibberish it wants and put them on the screen. It will also, if you articulate anything close to another word, use the wrong word, it seems. Also, get this, if you pause and it's on, and this I just recently learned, it takes up, picks up ambient sound, which means no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, if you're in a room that has a television on, has a radio on, or a room away, in my case, has people making conversation, if you pause for just a second or two to collect your thoughts, it will take up those bits of conversation. So all of a sudden you've got like something from a, a cartoon that my daughter's watching on television or something that family members are saying to each other and stick it in the middle of my message. And, you know, and I've got enough challenges as it is. So I be careful of the splendid dictaphone feature. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest, the political cosmos, exposed and explained. Next, Veritas. Welcome back. I am Jay Severin, editor of the Jaily News, published here only by the Blaze Radio Network. And we have a Blaze After Dark special for you tonight. Skip, Doc, you, Ty, me, After Dark, here, Blaze, immediately upon completion of the Republican debate tonight. So, uh, and I know you won't be troubled by children about you because responsible parents don't let their children listen to Republicans debate for the office of president of the United States anymore because they have potty mouths. I mean, I, this is just, man, when I started twerking Dada, which is my only shot at a Pulitzer, uh, whether, you know, and by you guys have to nominate me, you know, uh, but uh, whether I get my Pulitzer, that, that's it. Twerking Dada. Oh man. That is the best Guru Jay has ever done. That just man, I that is mine, and I am and I am I'm so happy you're mine. Da dun da dun da dun da wait, something we need to do right away. Project oh wait, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. 
one 888 We have partners on the phone, so I'm, I'm going to compact this. Project 1236 was our little secret. What, 10 days ago? Project, can you believe this? And I, and I know this. I know we were first with this on the Blaze Radio Network. The Project 1236 about why the Republican establishment wants to keep people in is telling Rubio and Kasich to stay in because they want to split the vote, because they want to go to a convention, because they want a brokered or contested election. Those are not interchangeable terms. And of anybody, you understand the difference. And if you don't, I'm about to propound it because it's crucial that you do understand the difference. A contested convention is nothing like a brokered convention. One is democracy. The other is crony fascism. Okay. Project 1236 was our little secret a week ago. And now it's the very conventional wisdom of the land. Is it not? Do you see any broadcast that does now not talk about? Three days after we revealed Project 1236, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that I know we were first with it nationally, and I know that three or four days later, the conventional wisdom of the land was, well, you know, what they're looking for is a contested uh, brokered convention. And what they're looking for, by the way, those who are looking for it, are not looking for a contested election. They're looking for a brokered convention. The, the difference in a moment, if you don't already know it. But either way, I'm so proud to see our Project 1236 all grown up, all grown up and out on his own. If I may be another, uh, you know, around the media horn, because it was ours first. In point of fact, there, there's this. And again, this has now become the conventional wisdom. And you know we had this first. Because I've been mitching about this since I was about 28. Okay, The fact is that audiences are not only shape, but absolutely create the dominant reaction to a debate. To the candidates, to the debate to the entire process. They play to the audience. They are encouraged by the audience. The worst instincts of mankind are encouraged by audiences in debates. The lowest instincts of man are encouraged by live audiences. The highest calling of our angels, and by the way, this is so important because without an audience, stupid people look stupid. Without a stupid audience applauding them because they happen to be wearing a sticker on their lapel with the candidate's name and they feel obliged to cheer everything and boo everything that's for or against, you know, their candidate. Audience reaction, just like it does in a sitcom, audience reaction absolutely creates the dominant reaction to that event. It is a phenomenal thing. It is a true thing. Audiences pervert, they ruin debates. 
Now you might say, well, Jay, you know, what about Lincoln Douglas? Well, okay, there's that argument. I invite you to make it. But in modern times, like the Nixon-Kennedy debates, which started all of this, they had to be civil to each other because there was, well, it was a more, far more civil time. But if you had, uh, okay, I want to, to do this with you. I've been thinking about this for two days. I want you to play along here. I want you to imagine, if you will, the last debate we had, the, the really the lowest of the, in my opinion, the lowest of the low points of American politics, American civics ever, was last Thursday night's debate. The one where they were talking about each other's body parts and, you know, screaming at each other. And this was something that the world saw and that we will never live down. Well, we might live it down, but only if we live long. All right, so think of last Thursday's debate. Imagine, if you will, for a moment, Donald Trump was not in that debate. Donald Trump was not in that debate. Had he skipped that debate? I want you to picture, I want you to imagine for a moment what that debate, how it would have been different without Donald Trump in it. Okay. That's a fraction, a fraction of the difference it would make if Donald Trump was there but there was no audience. I want you to think about last Thursday's debate and imagine not no Trump, but imagine no live audience. What geared them on? What spurred them on to make insults? Do you, the, the drunken louts in the Detroit audience were the biggest disgrace. The Philadelphia Eagle football games have a decor the, the the stands at Philadelphia Eagle football games exceed far exceed in decorum and civil behavior the behavior of that moronic audience in Detroit last week if you take away that audience and you have a studio with the four or five whatever it was that night candidates in it you get a very different debate. Now, I know there's a lot to this, you know, and you're going to say, many bright people will say, yeah, but are you trying to silence the people? Are you trying to be elitist? Because I admit, you know what the ratings would be? I mean, let me be perfectly honest. What would the ratings be for a debate without an audience? If you did three debates with audiences, and three debates without, the ratings difference would be just like the ratings difference if you did three debates with Donald Trump and three debates without him. One is beating the top network shows, and the other one's Death Valley. The other one's coming in behind the study of sub-Saharan waterfowl, you know, on the on the PBS channel. Okay, I know, I know why. I know why. I know why there are audiences. Because audiences make it civic circus maximus. It makes it the Colosseum. And civic circus maximus equals a spectacle. 
And a spectacle equals viewers. Viewers equal ratings. Ratings equal dollars. When the networks take on these debates, they're not doing it as out of the goodness of their hearts or to be civic-minded. They're fighting for these debates because their ratings gold. Their ratings platinum, plutonium. These things are raking in money. And if you take away the audiences, they're not. So which are we to have? Civics or cha-ching? Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. We Bach blasted and blotched. This is dictated by my iPhone. Okay, welcome back. Something else must be said uh, about 1236, and we're getting there. And then I'll go to the phones. I know you're on there, and I'm sorry, but this has to, I must say this before tonight. Don't forget, and we do. We do because the mainstream media throws this at us every second. Who's ahead, who won, who's ahead equals to them, who won X or Y state. If you listen to the mainstream media, Donald Trump is inexorably ahead of Ted Cruz. It is, it's like a war crime. I mean, journalistically equivalent. That is such a lie. Donald Trump is 99 delegates, 99 delegates ahead of Cruz. He has got like 450. I know it's within 10, 15, one way or the other, but not the differential. Trump's got like 450 and Ted Cruz has uh, 99 fewer. You need 1,237. Trump's got 400. In other words, Trump's got a third of the delegates he needs. I'm not saying he's not going to get him. And I, if, I guess you, if you went to Vegas, he, he's the favorite. But Vegas doesn't know. The one thing I can say Vegas doesn't know as well as I know, and you know thus, is politics. And we don't know anything until the real Super Tuesday which is this coming Tuesday. Now I wonder, and we can talk about, I wonder what every other debate has been increasingly put the ball up. You know, go to hell, put the ball up, slash the other guy, Civic Circus Maximus, right? Right. In fact, that's true. In retrospect. Now, Tonight, what do you do if you're Trump? Do you Trump? Do you let Trump be Trump? Not that anyone can change it one way or the other, but is Trump going to be Trump? And if so, to his advantage or disadvantage? If you're Rubio, 
are you the new, old, new Rubio? Because you know Rubio has said, he said to Megyn Kelly on Fox last night, I'm sorry I did what I did. I regret, not I'm sorry like he's apologizing to, to Trump, but I regret, tactically, I regret doing what I did, you know, going all Don Rickles on, <clears throat> you know, going Richard Pryor on, going uh, uh, Bobcat Goldweight, going, you know, going wilding on Trump. I'm now ashamed of that. I regret it. My, my kids were embarrassed. My wife didn't like it. It didn't represent me. These were all things he said. Did you hear this? Did you see this? So now Rubio is like the good Rubio. He doesn't want to be the bad Rubio anymore. Although the bad Rubio arguably got him back in the campaign or ruined the campaign for him, depending on how you look at it. I don't know yet which. But now tonight, I'm just looking at tonight. Is Rubio going to be the good Rubio? And is it really his decision? If he's attacked, does he attack back? If he's not attacked, does he decide to be the good or bad Rubio? If he is attacked, maybe that decision is taken from him. What about Ted Cruz? Who is Ted Cruz tonight? I think Ted Cruz will be, for good or ill, asterisk, I think Ted Cruz will be who Ted Cruz always is. That is for good or ill. We'll get to that. John Kasich, a selfish narcissist of the Republican sort, I think. Why do I harsh on him, as the kids say? Because evidence is that's what he is. He can't win anything. Now, remember... States don't determine anything. Delegates rule. When this thing takes a turn so jarring that you have whiplash this coming Tuesday night, it's not because somebody won or lost a state. It's because it's a winner-take-all state. Florida is a winner-take-all state. Ohio is a winner-take-all state. If somebody gets five more votes than somebody else, they win all of the delegates in one of the two huge super states. Delegates rule, not states. States are coincidental. Delegates are what count, or what count, sorry. Now, Rubio is struggling in Florida. He insists he will not drop out of it, even if he thinks he's, or everyone else in the world thinks he's going to lose. Fox News says Rubio is on life support. The Rubio campaign is on life support. That's a quote. Here's the question. Can Rubio afford... We raised this, I think, first. Because we talked about it last week. Can Rubio... If you advise Rubio, what do you tell him? You tell him to stick with it. This is your window. People always say, well, I'll get another chance. They never do. You need to stick with it now. The Republican National Committee, the rhinos are telling you, you're our boy. Hang in there. We'll give it to you at the convention. Does Rubio rule all of that out and quit? Or does Rubio, in my view, come to his senses and say, there's a governor's race next year. I'm 42 years old. I could be seen as a loser of all time in this state if I... If I lose my home state and lose it by double digits, 
I won't even come away with any delegates because it's winner take all. And right now, Rubio, there is no poll. I'm not saying this is reality thus, but no poll shows Rubio even in striking distance in his home state. What do you advise him? Do you tell him to run, run, run to daylight because this may be your only chance? The hell with the prospects. Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. Or do you say to him, you need to make the hardest but smartest deal of your life. You need to get out now and cut a deal with Trump or Cruz or whomever. What do you do? What do you advise him to do? Meanwhile, Kasich. Um, Why talk about Kasich? Here's why. He was endorsed today by Ohio State University's football coach. You think that's insignificant? You don't know Ohio. Kasich looks to be leading in Ohio. Winner take all, again. But by staying in, is Kasich not committing an ultimate act of selfishness against the citizens of the state by asking for their votes in what he would render a meaningless victory? What does that mean? Kasich wins Ohio. So, fish gets caught, dog barks, caravan moves on, tides change. So Kasich wins Ohio. He's doing this for his political resume, for his book, for his speaking fees, for a show on cable, for political leverage maybe. But does Kasich not quit if it's the right thing to do? Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I use this effect by way of saying Rocky is the bomb, and he's back. Rocky, baby. DJ. What's up, Rock? How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, Well, I'm jazzed because it's a debate night, so the adrenaline is high. Me too. Me too. Although I have to say my apprehensions are growing greater. You you have built up the uh, uh, Operation 1236 perfectly to make a segue to what I have to say. And that Happy is, to be of uh, service. I've been, crank- I've been cranking some math on this, and I think I put this in terms that is uh, a lot more easily understandable for people. Uh, I can post this out when we get done talking here, how I came to this math, but what I've done is... All I right, but Rocky, the one thing I ask you is when we... It is not possible on the radio to digest, like percentages of percentages of stuff the math is great if you can look at it but it's not radio material you know there are some things that are rhetorical and some things that are sort of literal and all your stuff is great as you know my dear friend but we 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 can't you know it's very hard to digest and apprehend percentage this versus percentage that you know fractions of this versus fractions of that you know orally okay can I just go to the results and see what you, you could do? Anything it? you like. It was just my okay. uh, my there's, there's uh, you know four, my disclaimer. There's, there's 
There's 1,435 delegates left. That's what hasn't been spent to this date. Kasich would need 82% of those. That would mean that, like, the other right. three candidates would get less than 6%. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, right. it's, uh, to me, Rocky, it's, it's you simple. have to forgive me, and I get to do something that I wouldn't do with, with a, a new caller because we know and love each other. So I have to thank you for the call. I'm going to move on because you know too much. And it's not, it's not knowing too much is not good for the show. Not today. It's the no one's following 80% of 2% of 6% over 5 equals 3. No one gets that. We don't know what 80% of anything is yet. We don't, no one's, we're focused on, <clears throat> I love you, my friend, forgive me, but we're focused on tonight, on oral, rhetorical stuff. What happens to, happens to hap, What has to happen in the debate tonight? And what does it mean? Nobody, nobody, except for TV that has graphics, and only later on, buried, are they going to start talking about, and I'm not criticizing you. I love you, and you know I appreciate this stuff, but it isn't for radio consumption at this moment. It's a debate day, and no one's thinking about 86% of 20% of 2 over 5 equals this. No one, no one, no one... No one is processing that. I mean, it's. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying, you know, I'm the executive producer of this show, and I have to be, and I don't think it's as entertaining as we need to be, especially since we're already doing politics. I hope you'll forgive me in the fullness of time. Let me get back to this for a second before we return to the phones. If Kasich is doing something selfish by asking the voters of Ohio to vote for him, even though he can't win anything. He's doing it maybe to leverage himself onto the ticket, maybe a cabinet position, maybe do a book, maybe do a talk show, maybe speaking fees. I mean, it is true that for every week you remain in the presidential race, your speaking fees go up $10,000. So there are a lot of reasons why he may be doing it. But is it not, considering the nature and magnitude of the forces here, of what matters to us and our children, taxes and national defense and those, those sorts of things, I have enough trouble trying to make national defense an issue, Rocky. I certainly can't do it with percentages, but I still love you. Uh, if if Kasich is asking voters to help him, abide him, abate him in his uh, in his act of selfishness here, what is Rubio doing? I mean, does Rubio think he's going to win Florida? Now, that's an honest question. He may. Perhaps Rubio thinks he's got a shot. Maybe after all this time and trouble and effort and everything else, maybe it's impossible. He is a rookie. Maybe he's making a rookie mistake. Maybe he believes that somehow, somewhere, totally hidden from all of the polls, all of the survey work, there is a built-in loyalty to him as a freshman senator. 
And man, when I tell you, oh, I can tell you a few things certainly, and I can tell you this certainly, there is no major public office with less of a bond between the office holder and the voters than United States senators, especially in their first term. I know this. I have represented senators in their first term seeking re-election. People don't know if they're alive or dead and care less. There is no... Rubio thinks there is this bond between him and Floridians because he's Cuban? Maybe. 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 But he's... The the closest I've seen him is double digits away. Does he want to lose his home state by double digits? Okay, I, it's, I, I, I put it to you. What would you advise him? Speaking of Rubio, let's speak of something closer to my home, Ted Cruz. What I mean is, you know, I don't like saying this. We've talked about this before, and we've talked about it in terms of is it charisma? Is it something that is it something that that Ted has to show that he hasn't shown? Speaking selfishly, I'm a supporter of Ted Cruz. I have been for years. I continue to harbor a worry of 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 fundamental nature. I learned from a wise man in my first year as a political professional my mentor, David Garth, that in the end, Americans vote, especially for president, ultimately not with their heads, but with their hearts. In fact, I believe David said with their stomachs. People who are for Trump are for Trump viscerally. Have you noticed? You can't tell them anything. The truest thing that Donald Trump has said in this campaign By anybody, the truest true thing anyone has said in this campaign is when Donald Trump said, the nature of my support is such that I could go on to Fifth Avenue and fire a bullet down the street, kill somebody, and my people would still be for me. It is an awful, it is an awful a cynical, almost satanic thing to say. But you know what? It isn't incorrect. It isn't incorrect. The true, the trueness of this has been true for Barack Obama. It's true for Hillary Clinton. It was true for Bill Clinton. It's true for Donald Trump. I'm not lumping them in with them, him in with them to smear him. I'm just saying there are certain people that generate that kind of loyalty that is visceral and Donald Trump has somehow. Even if they cannot explain it very eloquently or fully, the Trump supporters are viscerally for him. There is a connection. It isn't about a set of issues or a single issue. They love Donald Trump. It's a cult of personality. 
They love Donald Trump with their hearts, with their stomachs. They're not using their, in my view, they're not principally, not principally using their brains. People who are for Ted Cruz are for him for a different reason. They, they like Ted Cruz. They may love Ted Cruz, but they love him in a different way. They love the Cruz, the Cruzians, like me, like my family, my wife, my child. They love the Constitution, our law, law and orders, principles that formed and cohese America. It is not, like Trump, a cult of personality. They are not personally in love with Ted Cruz. However much they, we, admire him, we are not in love with Ted Cruz. He's not the Beatles. We don't have buttons on with Ted Cruz's picture, his glowing countenance. Trump has buttons where it's just Donald Trump, his face. No name, no nothing, just a button, like it was the Beatles. Okay, the, 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 it's not like that with Ted Cruz. People admire him, and they love him long time, like, you know, you love a spouse. Even after the spouse has aged 25 years, you still love the spouse. Ted Cruz is the kind of candidate you love month one and month 31. However much you admire him, though, there is no visceral connection to the man himself. And if you place stock in the notion that Americans in the end vote very much with their hearts and their stomachs, I fear that the Trump cult of personality connection is something that Ted Cruz lacks. And it shouldn't make a difference. It oughtn't make a difference. But I, I know it does. No one, no one wants that to, to rule our decision. But that's who we are as Americans. It ought never be about personality. It ought to be about what you believe. And what you believe is the Constitution of the United States of America. But it is what it is. Is it not? This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. I think uh, Rocky is angry with me, and I'm um, I'm and I'm sorry for that. I, uh, Rocky, please don't be. Uh, and I speak with you that way only because I love you and respect you, as as I know this audience does. So I I I was merely saying that the in depthness of your analysis was right now in preparation for a debate, you know, like taking a course and, you know, you have to know this stuff and you're right. You do have to know this stuff, but in the, in the selected moments before this debate, there's other stuff that, that on which we need to uh, place emphasis. So I I sure hope you're not angry because I love you, brother. Anyway, as for Trump, I believe 
that he has political Tourette's. Balls, ass, booger, trade deficit with China. Yeah. You know Tourette's? I think Trump has political Tourette's. The, the booger, ass, balls, trade deficit. <laughs> I'm killing me. But, but this is the stuff that, look, when Trump speaks or appears, it equals a carnival to our senses. When Trump appears, imagine a debate without Trump. It's a political debate. The ratings go down to the PBS special on Sub-Saharan Migratory waterfowl at 3 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Trump appears. The ratings go to NFL playoff level. Now that, my friends, is a fact. A fact. And facts are stubborn things. And when the networks see this, cha-ching, they play to it. So they pack it with drunken louts of an audience and they want people screaming, hey, oh, suck. They want people. They want people who couldn't get into Philadelphia Eagles home games. They want those people in the debate. They want a carnival. When Ted speaks, it's like a really edifying Presbyterian sermon. And that is far more fortifying and valuable to us than a carnival. But you know what? Given the choice, every human being, six or 66, would rather, would rather, in a binary equation, carnival or Presbyterian sermon, carnival, Presbyterian sermon, would rather go to the carnival. This is, this is a twerking culture. Not necessarily you and me, but it's a twerking culture. And my greatest concern for Ted is that he is the professor on Gilligan's Island. And Trump is Marianne. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.